another day. All right, let's ride. All right, one time for Addie Mae Collins, Carol Denise McNair, Carol Robertson, and Cynthia Wesley. These are the four young women that were killed in that cowardly bombing that took place in the 16th Street Baptist Church a long time ago. Today is the anniversary, and I wouldn't feel right about not addressing this. This is a subject I never really dug into, much because of the pain I seen it caused on my father's face when he was trying to explain to me what the Spike Lee documentary Four Little Girls was about. I never really dug into it, but I did see something on, um, on the internet where it talked about it and how the guys woke up extra early and put bombs underneath the stairs and set a timer so that they can kill the people who were in the church doing their thing. The girls were going downstairs to get dressed for choir practice, and um, that's what happened. Four killed, 22 were so injured. And it's just terrible. And I don't mean to start the podcast off like this, but it wouldn't feel right for me, at least, to to have this on my mind, to have it be on the anniversary and me for not, to not say nothing about it and to speak about something else. This is important. It's a part of our history. It's a part of the terror that was committed upon black people back in the day. And I feel like it needs to be addressed because these are the things that shape the hearts and minds of young black people. When we find out about this shit, about how our our elders, what would be would have been our elders, and our actual elders were treated previous to the time frame we live in now. When we feel we got it bad, they had it way worse. But these acts from the past still resonate with us and shape our thinking when we find out about it. Because we don't just forget this shit. When we go out into the world, we are armed with this knowledge and this information that some people don't consider us on the same level as them. And we go out in the world, experience different things, and to us it links back to all these incidents. To every time you see a video of a black man being beaten with a police, with a police baton, or having a dog kicked on him, or sprayed with a fucking water hose, we connect those dots to all the racist parts of our own history where we've had fucked up things happen to us. So I felt like it would be a dis, it would be disrespectful one. And a disservice to myself to not say this and get this off my chest in case people who listen to this podcast are new to this. Because there's a reason why we act the way we do. Whether or not people want to acknowledge it or admit it, there's a reason. Now, there's some things obviously on our end we got to clean up, but that ain't what I'm talking about right now. When we look back at our heritage, often or not, this is what we see. People just not wanting us to be in the same place, not feeling like we're equal to eat in the same place. Just to live in the same neighborhoods, attend the same schools, drink from the same water fountains. All taught behavior in order to keep us in a certain spot. But then when you try to break out of that, become educated, and try to live your life on the same plane, on the same level as other human beings, 
this is how you get treated. So for me, it was very important for me to say something about this shit. These are things we won't forget. This is encoded in our memory and passed down to us. And I'm going to make damn sure my kids know as well so that when they go out in the world and they forge their relationship with somebody outside of their race, they understand that they have it good because it wasn't always like that, even for myself. It took a while for my father to get used to me having white friends because he had the pain of growing up with, with shit and situations to where it wasn't, it wasn't cool. And I think it took a while for him to come out of his shell and be able to hang out with people outside his race. But our kids are going to have it so much better, so I, I got to talk about it. If I'm going to be about it, I got to talk about it. And all I want really in life is to live a, a decent life, make a little bit of money, and have people just be happy and be friendly with each other. Racial unity is important to me, but we got some house cleaning to do on our side as well. And I just had to get that off my chest. So, one time for these four little girls. I'm going to give them four seconds of silence before I move on to some other less important stuff. One time for all the youngest that passed. So now I'm going to get into this news. I just feel like I got to announce it because... I feel like I just came off a heavy topic, so let me just get into this news. All right. Antonio Brown. I talked about it last week. I was out and about moving around doing my work thing, so I wasn't really around any news, didn't pay attention to anything. I come home, my wife tells me, like, boom, did you hear about this? Now, Antonio Brown has been the buzzword for the, the last, since the end of last season, really, because how the fallout and everything that happened with him and his, uh, his former team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, he is now a New England Patriot, as I said last week, neither here nor there. This situation, the new one, with him being accused of sexual assault that then led to a rape from his accuser, is a big deal. And it's something that I, I would hope is completely separate. It's just weird that at the time frame that it popped up, then again, who knows? I'm not one to bash the victim. I just hate when they wait to report shit because now their credibility is in question. And I understand that as somebody who has not been the victim of one of these acts, I really, really don't have the right to speak on it. But I still, I still really feel that when they don't, it creates, it creates room for people to, to judge their situation without being a part of it. It, it creates a space for people to make their own assumptions about the situation and it also creates some opportunity for this person to have more victims because if there's something that they really did they need to be on the radar they need to be watched they need to have somebody making sure that they're not out there in a situation where they can do this shit again to somebody to where they're in a situation where they either go to jail and be penalized for what they did or move on it somewhere and get help for what they did so that they don't do this shit again that's my only thing when it comes to the victim side of things now, in this particular situation with Antonio Brown, it seems weird. Like, my wife did a lot of filling me in on how she kind of figured it and based on things that he said. But apparently the young man has text messages about the situation, and I haven't seen or heard him speaking out about the shit, which tells me he's listening to his lawyers and that he may be in a space of confidence because he feels like he hasn't done anything wrong. I did, however, get... To looking online and I did see an email exchange that I guess that was put out in the court 
So, for me, I don't ever want any woman to be sexually assaulted, any child, any man. I feel like it's a completely useless crime. There's no reason for it. You're not feeding yourself. You're not gathering resources. None of that shit is happening. It's a completely selfish and unnecessary crime. And if you are guilty, like 100% guilty, you need to pay your debt to society. That's my view on this. But for me reading the emails that was that were put out, it doesn't sound like this is something that was a sexual assault. It doesn't read like that in the emails. Now the emails read like Antonio Brown is a bit of a jerk and this is a huge knock on his character. 100% agree with that. And that may be what they're trying to do as far as using that in the e what happened in the email against him. Cool, I understand it, but this does not sound like something to where he was a person who, who raped her or sexually assaulted her. Unless what happened was something she didn't agree with. Now, for what my wife tells me, he has text messages that prove that, hey, she was with all this shit. What she brought forth does not make me feel like there was sexual assault. In the email, he's talking a lot about his baby mother and how she's smarter than that. So it makes me feel like there was some type of shenanigans where she was trying to get him caught up for something and hit his baby moms up. Because if it's me, or I would hope that if somebody's in a situation where, it be, where they're sexually assaulted, you're not going to waste time contacting the baby mother. You're going to contact the police. That's what would make sense to me. All I know about sexual assault I've got from training at work and law and order. <laughs> really. So I would never I would say it's never really too late to report it. But I feel like it's in the victim's best interest to to report it as soon as possible in order to get that immediate action and I feel like you get more support when it's fresh. Now you have the opportunity for rape kits, evidence, things like that versus a case that's been cold, what well, I ain't gonna say cold, but a case that's an incident that's a year or so old, if that makes sense. But from reading it, it didn't seem like there was any sexual assault and down. It seemed like there was a situation where they had a relationship and when it didn't work for her, she um, she tried to maneuver something else. But that's a lot of this is on him. With him being the way he is, him being outgoing, and him knowing he's a famous athlete, as soon as he does something wrong, it's a payday for somebody. That's something he's got to be aware of. But I don't know, man. Given the game he had today, because he did suit up, he did travel with the Patriots to Miami, and he did score a touch, at least one touchdown today. Apparently he balled the fuck out. Apparently he's playing well. So either he's getting away from this or it's not bothering him that much to where he can't play. So what I will say about this situation is I hope justice is served. I really hope justice is served, but I just don't. I don't see it with the amount of evidence that's put out. I don't really see it as what, it's being, what he's being accused of. That's all I got on it. I'm going to step away from that, trying to keep myself out of the jail of public opinion and move on to something else. Segway game, terrible. But if you're in your car and you're listening to this, 
What I want you to do is look at your gas meter and see what you got on your gas. Because that shit is going to be affected by the topic I'm going to talk, to, talk about next. And that is that the Middle East is about to get real. What I'm talking about is there was a Saudi oil, I want to say oil reserve, Saudi Arabian oil reserve that was attacked and basically fucked up. Like messed up like really bad. To the point where the gas is about to go up by 19%. Now Saudi Arabia, they, they supply a huge, huge amount of the world's gas and oil. So with this, with this incident alone, they're losing millions upon millions, if not billions of dollars. So they have to jack the price of, of the oil up in order to compensate for the losses and the repairs they got to do. Now, the real reason, other than your gas tank, why this is so bad is because who did it? Who did it? That's the, that's the real reason why it, it's really terrible. Now, what Mr. Pompeo was saying is that it was Iran. And the reason why this is so bad, other than the proximity of the two countries, is there's a, there's a long, deep issue that these two communities have with each other. So Saudi Arabia is Sunni Muslim, and Iran is Shia Muslim. And there's some fundamental differences between the two that cause some conflict. So if this is something that's going to be attributed to Iran, there's going to be some smoke in the Middle East. I, I would assume that this is going to lead to a lot of violence. I think it's very dangerous and I can only assume it's going to lead to a lot of violence. And we, we all know that sometimes Americans operate in that space because of our own national interests. And I just would hate for, I don't want any of our U.S. troops over there to be in, even, in an even worse situation because of some shit that's beyond their control. Like they're already there, probably don't want to be there on whatever they got going on. But for this to happen with troops likely there, that's a fucking dangerous situation. And it's, it's also dangerous in the sense that Iran, for all intents and purposes, seems to be our enemy, and Saudi Arabia is our, it's our buddy, it's our friend, that's a pal. The U.S. is good with Saudi Arabia. So this, to me, spells danger. Like, I'm hoping it's like a malfunction they're saying that Yemen is claiming responsibility for it. Iran is denying it. But who knows what's going to happen in the next few weeks in relation to this. But this is a serious situation that I'm going to keep my eye on because this has bad implications for the rest of the world. That's all I'm saying. And um, speaking of politics and things like that, there's, there's something I'm learning. Something I'm struggling with and something that uh, I'm going to have to improve on. Foolishly, in the past, it's something I used to take pride in. But as I, as my time gets more valuable due to my workload being increased, I'm getting smarter. And I'm realizing that you shouldn't do dumb shit like argue on the internet with people. It's only going to do one of two things. It's only going to waste your time or make you mad. And a lot of times, it does both. 
you have to really you have to realize how valuable you are as a human, how valuable your time is. So for you to take the time out to argue with somebody, especially for somebody that you're never going to meet or you're never going to see, and there's somebody you know, or there's too much distance behind you, there's no point to it. Even if you, in your mind, feel like you came out on top in the argument, it's really pointless. It's really something that people, that I'm, I'm not going to say people, that I'm working to move away from. People say things that make me mad or trigger something in my brain, and maybe I want to get a joke off, or maybe I just want to prove them wrong. In reality, it's useless. It's a waste of time. It's a small win for a small amount of time, and that person's going to go on living their life, and you're going to go on living yours, if the both of you are lucky. So why do it? Why sit there and waste your time? You could be reading a book. You could be doing the research, watching a cat video. Something to enrich your life and make you feel better as a person. So why not do that? Wasting your time with somebody you obviously feel like you're smarter than if you're arguing with them. It's just not smart. So move on. And I realized this a few weeks ago. And normally, you know, it's just me engaging whatever, whatever with different people, just saying the third. And that's cool. But if I can pick up the phone and call that person or text that person directly, maybe I should just do that. Because you can only get so much out of talking to somebody on an open platform like that. You're not going to get their full, the full, I guess, the full emotion or energy of what they're saying over that type of platform. If you text them, maybe it turns into something like, you know what, hey, let me call you real quick. You know what I mean? There, you just put your thoughts out there on an open platform to be judged by whoever else sees it. And how can you tell how somebody else is going to interpret that? You don't know if you're going to offend anybody or what. So why not just move away from it? You don't have to explain yourself to somebody on social media. You don't owe them that. Just move on with your thoughts and go on throughout your day. And I'm telling this to the people who listen to this podcast, you guys, and I'm telling it to myself as I say it because it's like, wow, I've wasted so much time doing that stupid shit. It's a complete waste of time where if you are in a situation to, especially if it's somebody you constantly don't agree with, then maybe you should just move away from communicating with that person. You don't have to block them or have to delete them. It's just like, hey, man, do it like you would in real life. Like, I don't feel like talking to fucking Scott. Scott's an asshole. I'm not going to talk to Scott today. You control your interactions with those people in your real life, for the most part, if you can. So you can definitely do it on social media. There's no point in being mad about some shit somebody typed on a fucking app you can close or just not get into. You could just delete the notification. So just be smart about it and try not to let that shit burn you up. Or try not to get so much pleasure out of making other people mad. That's more my problem. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm too old <laughs> to be doing this shit. And no, no matter how much satisfaction you can get out of schooling somebody real quick, it like, it just, in the long run, it really isn't worth it unless you're actually providing them some type of valuable information. Especially when it comes to shit like politics. You know, that's... It's always going to be a matter of opinion. You're never really going to change somebody's mind if you're calling them a jackass and telling them how much smarter than them you are. So you might as well just move the fuck on. Like, hey, man, you got your opinion. This is why I think X, Y, and Z. Move on. 
And if you try to go about it the polite way and somebody wants to still come at you, let them. Fuck it. Move on. Just don't respond. At that point, you are firmly in control of the situation. And I hope that I, <laughs> more than anybody, can abide by the things I'm saying now. You should just go out there and have fun, man. If you want to get on for a little bit, man, get on there for a little bit. Fuck around. Have fun. Share some funny videos. Go look at Spice. Spice Adams. Go look at somebody getting dunked on. A rap battle. Something. Just use it to enjoy yourself and spend your time and research something. Learn something if you can. But don't waste time arguing with people because me, I'm like this. This is the reason why I don't like certain um, news outlets and shit like that. If you wouldn't say it in a room with the people you're talking about, or if you wouldn't speak about a subject that's offensive in the room with those same people that you know damn well it might offend, probably shouldn't say it online. Because you never know what can happen. You never know who's going to be where, when they're going to be there. And for me, honestly, I had to stop myself from saying something to somebody because it's like, what's the point? I'm not going to see you. And what I had to say to them was something that should be said in person, face to face, so they can understand the depth of my reasoning and why I was going to say what I was going to say. This is something that needs to be said face to face. So that if you take it the wrong way, I can explain to you in a few words why I said what I said, and you can see the look on her face. Now, it's something I have to look you in the, eye, in the eye to say. You know what I mean? It's one of those. And it's not nothing to be malicious. I'm not going to do nothing to nobody. I'm just, hey, I feel like this because of, if that's really your line of thinking, this is how I feel about that statement and or you. It's just, just to be blunt and put it out there. Yes, I feel about you based on what you just said. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. That's just me being honest because Everything don't have to get taken to the next level. And sometimes you can kill something by just being honest with somebody. Hey, we don't need to talk about this any further. I feel like this. And they can tell by your body language, tone of your voice, that okay, whatever. And if they want to take that as a win, by all means. But you could definitely do that on the interwebs. No point on going back and forth. It's fucking stupid. And I've been stupid. So now I just want to be happy. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do to be goddamn happy. So, follow my lead, man. And on the last note, it's a good note I want to touch on. 96 Chicago Bulls, greatest basketball team of all time. Greatest single season of any basketball team of all time. 72-10. and 10. Won the championship. Now, this Mark would have, you know, this greatest team of all time thing, to me personally, would have went to go to state had they won that championship. But unfortunately, they got LeBron and they did not win for them. For me, still great because I get to say that my favorite team, the Chicago Bulls, still the greatest team, greatest single season in history in the NBA, end up winning the championship. And if, if you go back and look at it, and you look at the players they did it with, it's really fucking impressive. Because of course they had Jordan, they had Pippen, they had Rodman, they had Kukoc, and then they had Steve Kerr and Luke Longley and James Coffey and Judd Bushler. They had a few other people that aren't really as noteworthy. Bill Winnington, I think, was on that team. I want to say Ron Harper. He was a good player, though. But it was a team built on a system and people playing their role and position. You had Michael Jordan, 
primary option to score, defender. You had Scottie Pippen, secondary option, a scorer, a defender, ball handler. You had Ron Harper, ball handler, defender. You had Rodman, rebounder, defender. You had Luke Longley, screen setter, rebounder, like fourth on the list, fourth or fifth down the line when it comes to scoring. You had Tony Kukoc, the ball handling swingman who could score, pass, you know, people who could fit in their roles nicely. And a lot a lot of role players for MJ and Scotty to, to work with. It wasn't built on superstars. It was a well-oiled functioning machine. You know, a lot of teams are going away from that, going the superstar route because it's quick. And, I mean, quite honestly, they make a lot more money off having stars on the team. So I get it. This is why I'm really interested to see what happens with the Clippers because their team has the potential to have that same makeup. If you look at Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, you got Patrick Beverly, ball handler, defender. You got Montrez Harrell, rebounder, screener, interior scorer, Zubac, same thing. They got the makeup of that same team. And there's other people I'm not mentioning right now that they've signed that I've just completely forgot about. But I feel like they're going to have a good season. So if I'm Doc Rivers, I'm watching the film of the 96 Bulls. Because you got the same makeup right there. And that's it, man. I just wanted to end it on a somewhat happy note. I know it was short, but believe it or not, I started over four or five times doing this shit. And I still don't feel like I got it right. But hey, it is what it is. My time is limited these days, and I got to give you guys what I can give you guys in preparation for my move to Japan. Also, real quick before I leave, I came across a, a YouTube video about a guy named Yasuke. Or Yasuke, I don't know how to say it, but apparently... There was a black samurai who, I'm, I'm thinking if I read it right, was initially a slave who was brought over by the Portuguese who met a Japanese, I want to say a Japanese warrior and or general. And the general was so taken with him that he somehow began to work for the general and managed to rise up through the ranks and become a samurai. And I guess they had a really close relationship. The general, unfortunately for him, ended up being uh, betrayed and killed. They did not kill Yasuke, or Yasuke. He would, ended up being banished to Kyoto, Japan, I guess lived out the remainder of his days there. But it's a, it's a good story. I want to say they're doing a movie about this, which is great. I really think it's great. But, yeah, if you get the time, you know, like dig into it, look at it, see what it's about. Other than that, man, get your ass out there, change the world, man. Start with numero uno, start with yourself, change what you can about yourself, and go out there and be better in the world. If it's the virtual world on the interwebs, or if it's the real world where we are every day, 24 hours a day, just try to be a better person, and maybe somebody else will see that, and try to do the same. Y'all be smooth out there, man. Peace, love, soul, hair grease if you got hair, if you bald like me, Wear a hat, do something, peace.